0: This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from allcomic.com, episode 72. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton.
1: And I'm Lon Ramiyasha, and welcome to the first podcast of the new year, even though we're still recording it at the end of the last year. But... We have a lot of news to round off from last year to close off the show. A lot of lists, a lot of exciting new last minute announcements made that rocked and sent off 2018 with a bang. And we got to talk about those as well
0: as new jump starts and the whole new Shonen Jump. Wait, are are we supposed to be recording some kind of like best of thing? Don't we usually do that? Where Where is that? Why aren't we recording that?
1: Well, we are going to be recording that, but we need a little more time to read as much as we can in order to make a really comprehensive best of list, especially with the new Shonen Jump launch. We got a whole bunch of new series we got to read up on and catch up on, and Uh. we also can have an extra few weeks to catch up on some other cyber pubs over on Crunchyroll and elsewhere. So extra time to do a more comprehensive reading and have an even better list and best of podcast out for you very soon
0: all right so yeah definitely look forward to that um also just one quick thing before we uh move on with the rest of the show at the time we're recording this our show to jump retrospective should be going up soon and by the time you're listening like you should have already listened to that and uh we really hope everybody liked that episode because we worked really really hard on that
1: <laughs> it was a project months in the making
0: so yeah, if you haven't gotten to listen to that episode, please do. Um, I worked very hard editing that, and we wor- we both worked very hard on uh, getting the interviews ready for that and-, and everything. We really put a lot of our time, energy, and souls into that project, and uh, we'd really like it if you-, if you could listen to it. And uh, let us know what you think about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And we hope that you enjoyed it as a great celebration of Shonen Jump and its legacy.
0: Yes, but uh we'll we'll talk more about Shonen Jump a little later in the show. Uh but we should really get started with some of the news we have to talk about this episode. And first things first, uh we have a new book scan list from uh November. Uh we are going to be taking a look at uh the top 20 adult graphic novels list for November. And uh surprise surprise, just just to get it out of the way, My Hero Academia is still dominating. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't even know how many months in a row that makes it. I honestly have kind of lost track even though I said I would keep track. Uh but it's it's been it's been a lot of months. Let's just say that. So, just to kind of get that out of the way, at number 2 we have volume 1 of my here academia, at number 5 we have volume 15, number 7, uh we have volume 2, uh number 10 we have volume 3, while at number 11 we have volume 14 and it looks like at number 18, we have Volume 4. And at number 20, we have Volume 2 of My Hero Academia Vigilantes. So, yeah, that's pretty much... What is that? That's that's about half, half the manga on this list is My Hero Academia again.
1: Pretty much, and a third of the top 20. And it's worth noting that Volume 1 of MHA coming in at number 2 is behind The Adventure Zone, which is a book that's sold out. So My Hero Academia Y1 selling almost as much, being number two behind that book, really goes to show how insanely successful and high selling a property it is. I
0: was gonna say, as as somebody who's like a a big fan of like, you know, the McElroy Brothers podcast, like, you know, my brother, my brother and me, like I'm I'm pretty well aware of like how popular their stuff, such as the Adventure Zone is. So that's that's pretty amazing that they're like just trailing behind that title hmm but moving on to kind of the rest of the manga on the list uh at number eight we have volume three of the official manga anthology for ruby at number 12 we have uh akira himekawa's legend of zelda twilight princess volume four at number 15 we have dragon ball that time i got reincarnated as yamcha that's that's a really nice addition to see to the list glad that's doing well at number 16 we have one piece volume 88 uh, following behind at number 17 we have mob psycho 100 volume one so i'm glad to see that's doing well as well and uh that's about it for the manga on this november's book scan list
1: a lot of expected titles on here but nice to see mob psycho made it into the top 20 and is a well-performing title and yeah my mha just continues to dominate
0: I'm really interested in seeing whether the, I guess, the traction from, uh, from season two of the Mob Psycho 100 anime will maybe add to, uh, I'm hoping to see views from the anime translate to, uh, sales over here. That's, that's something I'll be kind of looking out for.
1: Hopefully, but it's all going to depend on Dark Horse getting us out, those books out on time, and a lot of them, and really doing a good promotional push, which sadly Dark Horse is not great at doing for their manga titles.
0: Yeah, that that's really a shame, and so and somehow Berserk is still like what isn't it like their number one selling manga?
1: Pretty much, but not because they've done anything especially <laughs> great to promote it. Just because Berserk is that strong and popular a title.
0: That this is true. This is true. Well, I don't, Hopefully, Dark Horse Comics treats Mob Psycho One Hundred well because I I really want that to do well because I know at this point Mob Psycho One Hundred is is. You know it, it ended a little while ago, so i'm I'm hoping we could see a complete release of that over here.
1: I'd love to see more of it too. I've been flipping through the first volume, and you know people say that uh, uh, one's art is not especially strong, but honestly, it's an incredibly great read, and I really enjoy his art. so I really enjoy the series, and I want more of the manga a s a p um
0: uh- But I guess that's about it for the book scan list this month. Uh, We should move on to some serialization news. And we got some pretty huge news to start off with.
1: Yeah, Shonen Jump closed off its 50th year with a bang. It closed off Jump Festa 2018 with its biggest announcement. And that is, of course... The long-awaited news that everyone has been wondering about, everyone has been waiting for, the return of Masashi Kishimoto, his new manga that's going to be launching in Shonen Jump in the spring of 2019. And he's partnering with another artist, Akira Okubo, one of his former assistants, now for a new manga, Called Samurai 8, hachimaru Then he's moved on from ninja to manga, there's a promotional video for the new manga and anything, Junko Takuchi, Naruto's voice actress, read a comment from Kishimoto during the presentation of Jump Festa, stating that the new manga is going to combine Kishimoto's love for Japanese culture and clothing and science fiction, it's going to be a bunch of his interests piled together into a new manga, a new work from him that is very distinct from Naruto, but still very much Kishimoto, and it's something to look forward to, for sure.
0: There is no way that this is not going to get picked up by Viz and well, getting a stable pub. <laughs> I would be very surprised if they did not but uh, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, to reading this, just as somebody who's Kind of like sort of been reminded recently of how much he's he actually likes Naruto, um and I didn't really realize how much I kind of miss Kishimoto's work until like until we got more information about his new series coming up. So I'm definitely gonna be reading this, and hopefully we can talk about it on the show when it starts up. So
1: of course, and Okubo's art is previewed in the promotional video. It's very strikingly similar to Kishimoto's in a really nice way. So that's also something to look forward to. Very different from Ikemoto's, who uh, draws the Boruto manga.
0: Mm hmm, very. So, yeah, this will definitely be something to look forward to. Um, but moving on from that, uh, so the first 2019 issue of Kodansha's Be Love magazine revealed that uh, Haruko Kumota uh, will be drawing two new side story chapters for descending stories, otherwise known as Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju the next two chapters will appear in the next two issues of the magazine. Uh, the first issue coming out on December 28th and the next issue after that coming out on February 1st. And so, uh, basically if you don't want to be spoiled on the ending to Rakugo Shinju, uh, you might just want to skip a little bit in the episode here. Um, but it seems like this new side story is going to be taking place basically after the end of Rakugo Shinju. Um, it says that it's set after Yakumo's death, uh, when his successor Shinosuke takes on the Shinigami story. So, this is most likely probably gonna be some kind of, I guess, epilogue to the original series, which, you know, I- I'm down for it. Um, I think I was- I was pretty satisfied enough with the ending of Rakugo Shinju, aside from, like, one or two things that I know there was discourse on when- when the anime ended, but, um outside of that i thought it was a pretty great ending
1: yeah it was very strong ending outside of that one bad decision they made (sighs) and it'll be interesting to see uh shinosuke that kid kanatsu's kid and yotaro's kid uh him doing the Shinogami story that's an interesting story
0: Mm mm-hmm uh i don't know what the chances are of this maybe getting picked up for like a for like an English translation from like Kodansha over here, but um i'm I'm hoping we get something for this i i really I really would be interested in reading this
1: Here's hoping, but now, back to jump related news. another veteran of Shonen Jump, Ryuhei Tamura of Beelzebub fame is drawn a new one shot, a music themed one shot called Rapa. Rendon, also known as Chaotic Piano Four Hands, that's going to debut in Shonen Jump's combined 6th and 7th issue on January 7th. It'll focus on a character named Otonashi, who gave up on the way of the piano, and the story will have themes of youth and music. It'll have 55 pages and an opening color page. So fans of Ryuu can look forward to that. Hopefully, we'll get one-shots like these... From uh, the Shonen Jump still in our new English Shonen Jump. Hopefully this translates it. I'm sure people still want to see one-shots from them. But regardless, if you're a fan of Ryu Tamura, this is something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds and looks a little more somber than his, than his last couple of other works, which I think is an interesting change of pace. But I'd still be interested in reading it.
1: Moving on from comedies to dramas, it could be a very interesting change of pace for sure. But, moving on from things that are starting up, things that are approaching their end, and that's Saint Seiya Sentya Show, which just recently had an anime come out, but the manga seems that it's heading towards its conclusion, because the 12th book volume of the manga revealed that it's approaching its climax. So, who knows how long it has left, but it seems that it's winding down. And so, I don't know where in the story it is currently. I think that they're past the Sanctuary arc at this point, I have to imagine. So, yeah, I'll be hoping to see if the anime adaptation covers the entire manga, or, regardless, here's hoping, now that it has a strict end date, that Seven Seas will continue to put it out, and I'll continue to be able to read more of it. And now, we are going to be moving on to some movie-related news. And the first one is a bit of a downer, because apparently, the anime film industry revenue has dropped by 38.3% in the year of 2017. This was revealed in the Association of Japanese Animations, AGA, in its seminar uh, for its Anime Industry Report 2018, where they examined industry trends from the year 2017, which was done on December 5th. And uh, they released a preview of the report on November 28th, but they posted the full report on December 10th. And uh, the website Anime Anime Biz also posted a report about the event on December 10th. And so revenues from anime film dropped by 38.3% in 2017. But streaming grew by 13%, and the line event market grew by 16.3%. So the total revenue that was reduced was about 41 billion yen, which is about 362 million dollars. But it seems that the decline isn't something to be taken, like, too dramatically, like, oh, no, anime film industry is dying, because we have to remember that in 2016, Your Name came out, and Your Name was a massive success, groundbreaking. And so a lot of this dramatic decline in revenue is that there it wasn't a huge breakout hit like Your Name in the Japanese box office in 2017. And so... Journalist Tadashi Sudo speculated that if you remove your name's gross from the 2016 report and compared the revenue gross by comparable films between 2016 and 2017, that it would be a more average, even figure. Of course, the 2017 revenue is not necessarily a good number, but there were several high-profile creators that did not release a new film in 2017, which is also something to... Keep into account, there wasn't a Shinkai film or a Hosoda film or a Miyazaki film in 2017, for instance. So that definitely had an impact on how much revenue was grossed by anime films during that year, collectively. But of course, uh, overseas revenue has tripled in the past three years. Now, it doesn't include overseas-funded projects, but only uh, projects that premiered overseas. Uh, it doesn't include smartboard games or the live events, but the overseas market grew 29.6 percent over the previous year in 2017, and it had a and the domestic market had a 5.5 percent decrease. So very clearly, that the overseas market is becoming an increasingly important part of the anime industry, and notably, the growth of the overseas market, particularly in China which is the country with most contracts with the Japanese industry. And then after China, the most contracts go to South Korea, Taiwan, and the U.S. So the U.S. is fourth down that list. And the number of anime produced in 2017 went down to 340 works from 356 in 2016, Because it seems like in 2016, the production capacity for anime might have been reached. They might now, we might now be seeing a decline in the amount of works being created each year. Because, you know, things have kind of platformed in terms of sales and costs that have been rising. So now things are going to have to adjust a bit. And overall, the anime market is valued at uh, 2.1527 trillion yen, about 19 billion in 2017, which was and overall, 8.1% increase from last year. So while some areas of the industry, like the anime film industry, have shown a decline, overall, growth has gone up. So the anime industry seems to be in healthy shape. And I'm looking forward to seeing how 2018 will fare when the next year's report comes out and we hear about how 2018 is done. Because I'm sure there's been a lot of high-profile movies in 2018, and that might improve the revenue grossed at the Japanese box office for anime films. And one of such film that I don't know if it did particularly well in Japan, but it seems to have done fairly well here, was Mirai, Mamoru Hosoda's latest film that G-Kids and Fatim Events released in U.S. theaters uh, for a select few dates between November 29th and December 8th. They screened it at about 700 theaters. And overall, the film grossed about $652 in U.S. screenings, which is a pretty respectable number, I would say. So it seems to have done very well. And it's also doing very well critically because it has been nominated for a Critics' Choice Awards for Best Animated Feature going up against the Grinch Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Route Breaks Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Wars. And the winners of Best Animated Feature is going to be announced at the Wards Gala on January 13th. So here's hoping Rai pulls out a victory there like it did at the Florida Film Critics Awards, where it did win the Best Animated Film category, where it was also pitted up against the likes of Incredibles 2, Isla Dogs, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, by the way, came as the runner-up to Mirai, and I'm glad that the clear Best Two films in that category were ranked the Best Two in that category. So Mirai pulled out a award victory there. Here's hoping that it continues to pull out award victories in all other film festivals it's been nominated in. So it's doing very well. I thought it was extremely good. I really enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, I'm glad it's receiving its well-earned accolades. But now we're going to be moving on from movie news to manga news, and let's first talk about some manga contests. And the first contest we'll talk about is the Kyoto Manga Contest, a manga contest that's hoping to entice artists with about a cash prize and some of the best cultural perks that Kyoto has to offer. This is called the Booker no Kyoto, also known as Our Kyoto Manga Contest, and sponsored by the Kyoto-based publishing company Tankosha, which is a publisher that specializes in books about the art of tea-making tea ceremony and traditional Japanese arts and entertainment topics. And so the publisher is holding this contest to find a manga that brings together the 4 months appeal while focusing on Kyoto. And so there's going to be several prizes given out to submitted works. The winners will also be published together at an omnibus manga volume. Cash prizes include 500,000 yen for the top choice, 200,000 yen for the runner-up, 50,000 yen for the honorable mentions, which there will be three of those, and there's going to be 50,000 yen given to a special prize. And so the winners can also select one option from a list of cultural-related prizes, like a tea ceremony instruction, tours around otherwise non-public cultural sites in Kyoto, tea house experience, supreme dinner for two at a well-known restaurant, an overnight stay for two at a famous Kyoto Inn, a two-week stay at a machia guest house a tailored Komodo, a dictionary and encyclopedia set, and much more. And submissions are going to be judged from representatives from books, Okugiaki stores, uh, futaba book bookstores, Junkoto Bookstore, Sansedo Bookstore, Murizen Bookstore, and Kurio Rock Bang Vocalist Shigeru Kishita. And the deadline for submissions is March 31st, 2019. So this is a contest that sounds interesting to you and you would like to... Write a manga that embodies the spirit of Kyoto and take advantage of, uh, maybe winning a prize to enjoy the best of Kyoto. Definitely hit this contest off. It seems like a great mix between promoting art, uh, contests that will help artists, uh, you know, make a name for themselves and also promoting Kyoto, which, you know, I'm sure the Japanese tourism board is always keen to do, promote, uh, their local areas and their cities, but another contest that's coming up is a contest from Sunrise, the famous anime studio, well known for their robot mecha franchises, and they are making a manga contest for those various mecha franchises that they have. The company's Yatate Bunko Prize, which is created in conjunction with manga hack, is looking for 1.5 stage creations, which is their term for officially licensed spin-offs. This time around, they have 10 specific series in their sights, and hopeful creators are going to be asked to be picked from the following series, which are Muchless Rajanol, Genki Bakuhatsu Gambargar, Nekatsu Saikyo Gosar, Gao The King of Braves, Betterman, Overman, King Geiner, Val the Liberator, Buddy Complex, Crunch Ange, Rondo of Angel and Dragon, and Code Geese, Fragments of the Mosaic. Like novel characters and settings only will be accepted. And so titles outside those 10 franchises will not be accepted. And overseas entries are going to be allowed for this contest, but all entries must be in Japanese. So basically, you can write a manga based on any one of these franchises for this uh, contest. And grand prize winners are going to receive 100,000 yen and will have their work published in print by Yatate Bunko in print, and runners-up will receive 30,000 yen, and their work will appear on Manga Hack for one year. And entries may consist of standalone illustrations, which are due by January 23rd, or a single episode-slash-chapter of a manga due on February 27th. And manga readers will also be asked to include an outline for the manga's full story. And Sunrise has hinted that the winners could have their works turned into anime series, and so that could be cool news, especially since some of these franchises have not had a new anime work in quite a while. I wouldn't say that all some of these are their top tier uh, franchises. I think the older ones definitely are great, but some of those newer ones like Cross Engine, Wow Rave, I don't know if we need more of those. But yeah... This sounds like a great contest if you want to make a mecha anime based on some classic Sunrise franchises and have the potential opportunity to get that work turned into an anime. It sounds really cool. It's a cool contest. But there's another cool contest for fans of Shonen Jump, isn't there, Colton?
0: Yeah, so um, Weekly Shonen Jump over in Japan is uh, doing a pretty interesting contest. So it seems that uh, they have decided to spotlight... Uh, ...more younger artists with their first ever U23 Jump Web Manga Award. And the award is limited to artists that are 23 years old or younger. Um, The award page can be located on Shueisha's Jump Rookie website. And uh, participants' works are judged by Shonen Jump editors who are also in their 20s. As uh, in keeping with the theme of the contest, uh, 23 prizes will be given out to the top choices... And anyone can enter so long as they are in the proper age range. Entries can include comics drawn at school or original doujinshi works released at cat, for example, as long as it's not been uh, previously published in a commercial magazine or website. Uh, and each artist can submit up to three works for consideration. And the deadline for the contest is March 31st, 2019. So you got a couple of months there. Um and the top prize is 1 million yen or roughly uh 8900 dollars there and the right to publish the work on Shueisha's Jump Plus app um so this is kind of a cool thing they're doing to uh promote younger artists and you know it's it's not like we haven't had younger artists before such as uh you know uh Kiyosuke Us- uh Usuta who uh I believe is the author of uh Pio Tofuku Jaguar and uh Sexy Commando Gaiden and whatnot uh apparently he made his debut at 21 years old uh but apparently he'd also been posting his work since he was around 13 so that's kind of interesting uh as well as kentaro yabuki of black cat and uh to love Ru fame uh made his debut at 18 years old so i guess it's it's not exactly rare to have uh you know to have these artists debut at such a young age i think even oda was like what 19 or something when he uh uh, around the time he was uh starting up his works i believe i don't remember off the top of my head that, but that sounds right though <laughs> um but no yeah uh this sounds like a really cool contest um i i, I kind of like the idea of like little elementary schoolers like trying to draw their own manga and having and having like shueisha submit that for people to read i i find that kind of cute but uh, yeah, basically all these contests that we have uh, covered just now, uh well, we'll leave links for the contest pages in the show notes for anyone who may be interested in entering.
1: Yeah, definitely give it a shot if you're interested and who knows where it'll lead. And uh, this show jump contest in particular is really cool because, yeah, there's just a lot of amazingly talented young artists. So it'll be nice to be see what kind of up and
0: comers we might see coming out of this contest. You could be the next Eiji Nizuma from Bakuman,
1: yeah, or Ashirogi Muto, or any number of artists in that series,
0: yeah. Um, but speaking of Shonen Jump, uh, we have a bit of Jump Force news to talk about, as uh, some more info has come out for the game, including both new characters and uh, some some info about the story mode. Um, so as far as new characters go, um. So it looks like um you know just to start off with uh you know we had been kind of speculating for a while like oh when are they going to add characters from My Hero Academia and Black Clover well guess what they did uh so it looks like both Asta from Black Clover and Midoriya from My Hero Academia are both going to be playable in Jump Force uh which is which is good I I really was wondering how long how much longer they were going to wait on adding those characters in um but it looks like they're also adding characters from other franchises they've already kind of add characters to uh what with uh choices such as Renji from Bleach, Boa Hancock from One Piece and Trunks from Dragon Ball. Um so this is kind of an interesting lineup of characters. Um I mean, I guess I'm not surprised at like, you know, Boa Hancock being included because I know she's a popular character. But she's I, not
1: the most popular female character. Nami's more popular than her still. And I'm kind of annoyed that she's in this game and not one of those utter straw hats. Like, come on. Put Nami and, or Robin in there.
0: Seriously. I would I would like a playable Robin, that would be kinda cool.
1: I think that the reason they chose Hancock is Hancock fights more traditionally, like she just punches, kicks people, whatever. And Nami and Robin have like different movesets, but I think that's just lazy. They could have just done they could have done something really cool and creative that put Nami and Robin as a kiter.
0: But but Lum, what can Nami do? Just control the weather with the staff? That's not interesting at all. Have
1: you seen the big <laughs> mom arc? She put, did some amazing stunts in there. Like, she has a lot of freaking awesome special moves.
0: And what can Robin do? Grow a bunch of hands? Pfft, that's, not, that's not an interesting power whatsoever. They have way more interesting powers than Boa Hancock. <laughs> uh, I mean, all joking aside, I 100% agree.
1: And Trunks, come on, Trunks, like I the reason Trunks isn't here is probably because like they have him in here for the story mode. Like he's like one of the lead agents of this jump force agency, which is like a whole based on like, you know, how in Xenoverse and games like that he's like member of the Time Patrol or whatever. But like Trunks over Gohan, are you kidding me? future trunks over go on such a more important character but never mind that we don't need six dragon ball and six one piece characters in this game when there are lots of franchises still unrepresented come on enough is enough
0: <laughs> oh man we don't even have any jojo's characters in here that that kind of disappoints me personally we don't there are no jojo's
1: characters at all it's insane there are entire popular franchises that are not in this game yet. And yet we have six Dragon Ball and six One Piece characters, characters that don't need to be in this game. And you know, the characters they chose are not even the most interesting characters they could have chose or like even the best characters they could have chose, in my opinion.
0: I don't know. I, I kind of don't mind Trunks being playable personally, but I mean, the other two I I couldn't really care less about. I'm, I'm just glad that they're actually representing, you know, the... Uh, the 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 new vanguard as uh, as yeah, some but with people would one probably. Character a yeah. piece.
1: Come on, <laughs> they have so many good characters in those series. You should be pushing them harder. Do they not realize how big MHA is internationally in the United States? Do they not look at the book scan scales list and see that MHA is the most popular comic in the country right now? Come on, put more characters from MHA in here. Not more Dragon Ball 1 piece characters.
0: I mean. Honestly, I'd be surprised if, like, if by the end of this, they didn't put in Bakugo, at least, you know, the most popular character in all of My <laughs> Hero Academia. popular character, in <laughs> by a large margin. Like, can you just imagine playing this game online and running into players that definitely all, like, main Bakugo, like... Mm-hmm. I like I could see it now. It's it's just like it's just like when you go to play Jump Ultimate Stars and like basically you run into every ja- every Japanese player just mains Sasuke. Like uh-huh. that was a problem I ran into and I always lost because of it. But yeah, anyway, well, Sasuke's pretty good in that game, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But anyway, I'm I'm surprised by certain decisions they make for this game. Like this game never ceases to amaze me. <laughs>
1: It's also crazy that I haven't announced more Naruto characters. Like, if there's gonna be six One Piece and Dragon Ball characters, like, are you only gonna have Naruto and Sasuke from Naruto? Come on.
0: Naruto is pretty big. I mean, at least add, like, Kakashi, Gara, Rock Lee. How
1: about Sakura? How about we get more female characters in this game? There are only two playable female characters. Isn't that kind of a, kind of something you can fix? It's, there isn't a dirt of female characters you can choose from. Choose some more playable female characters. Come on.
0: Yeah, um, the ratio there is pretty, uh, pretty one-sided, I'd say. But, uh, I don't know. It's not like I'm gonna play this game anyway, so I'm not even really that upset. (laughs) I mean, it still pisses me
1: off the decisions they're making, but yeah, I'm not gonna buy the game at all, considering other characters that are in it.
0: Yeah, I don't know, it's... I mean, I guess the only other thing worth mentioning is that, like, you can create your own custom avatar in the game, which I I guess is kind of a neat feature. I think the most
1: interaction I'll have with the game is watching the compilation of the story mode online when someone inevitably uploads that. Because I want to know what Light's role in the story mode is. That's my main interest in it.
0: I mean, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's pretty much what's what's on everybody's mind. I don't know. I'd like to play it at least once, but like, this isn't like J-Stars where, like, I was so excited because, like... I mean, J-Stars at least had a more... Um, J-Stars
1: had, like, some interesting characters in there. Like, they didn't just stick to the most popular stuff. They got stuff like that character from Chinyuki, Taro Yamada. No one outside of Japan knew who that guy is. This series was only six volumes long, but they picked him, and he was interesting, and he was fun to play as.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what what else can you really say? i that's it's pretty much it for Jump Force news. Um we'll 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 keep we'll keep updating you as uh more updates come out. But yeah, I guess we should just move on to some more shonen Jump stuff.
1: Yeah, we got a bunch of anime announcements at our Jump Festa and fans of MHA will have something better than uh, than uh, Midoriya being in Jump Force to look forward to. They have season four of the Mightier Academia anime to look forward to that will be premiering in October 2019. So some extra time to wait compared to the last couple seasons, which all began in the spring, but I'm sure that will just help to make the production go even smoother and the show look even better. And yeah, that's basically all there is to say, that the show is going to air in October 2019.
0: I mean, considering like like the next batch of material they're covering for season 4, like I'm sure they really want to work hard and make the season look extra great. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, season 4 is probably the season I'm I've kind of been looking forward to the most because, you know, I I really like the um I don't know what you would call it, the the Hasai Kai arc. Um I'm not sure if that's the official name, but people know what I'm talking about. Um I I really enjoyed that arc as it was running. Um and I also even enjoy the stuff that came after that, so I'm I'm just I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I wanna see my guy Kirishima uh get some time in the spotlight.
1: Yeah, we'll also get Fat Gum and more Mirio. It'll be a lot of
0: cool stuff. I'm holding out hope that they'll also include uh Midoriya's fight with um with Gentle.
1: Yeah. I think I'm looking forward to that even more than the overall stuff.
0: I don't know if they'll have room for that in the next season. I think they will, considering
1: the pacing. Like, the overhaul arc, that isn't enough for a full se- season, I don't think. A full 25-episode season. So I'm sure they'll have to do both of those things.
0: Yeah, so I'm pretty much looking forward to seeing both of those arcs animated. But, yeah, I guess we'll just move on to some more Jump anime stuff. Um Something else that was announced at Jump Festa... Uh, this weekend, at the time of recording, this is a new anime for Q coming out that was announced at the uh, at the q stage. Um, it's it's interesting because uh, the staff at the event did not specifically call this new anime a fourth season, though it is a new TV anime. Um, so that's 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 an interesting thing to note. Uh, apparently, there will be a quote unquote kickoff event for the new series. Uh, that'll be held next September on the twenty second. So that that's really interesting that they're kind of holding off on this f- for so long. Like I kind of wonder what like like what kind of information we're gonna get get out of that because like you know they uh, like sure they didn't like refer to it as a season four, but like I feel like it has to be like a continuation of the manga.
1: Yeah, especially since the key visual is like cover images from
0: material
1: that is you know what a potential season four would adapt
0: unless they're actually insane and decide to reanimate haiku from the beginning for some reason
1: unlikely
0: yeah like i'm i'm sure this will be some sort of you know new season like i can't imagine it not being um so uh you know for all the haiku fans out there I'm, i'm happy for you
1: they definitely left enough uh, material, Bill. They have like a uh, hundred plus chapters to work off of now. So you should get a lot in the new season, I'm hoping.
0: Yeah, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, as well as something else that got an anime uh, that I'm kind of surprised about. Yeah, uh,
1: they got I'm from Japan is getting an anime, which like we just talked about. It came out only a couple months ago, but uh, it's getting a TV anime that'll air starting in April. And yeah, I think that this is probably because that this manga is kind of like made or some I think it has some partnership with a tourism board or something. So, you know, I I think there's some funding behind this. You know, it's meant to promote local Japanese towns and all that stuff. So, uh I think that's why it's
0: getting this big push. I was going to say either that or, like, you know, there's probably some edutainment value in here just in general. They found some sponsor
1: for this to make this work well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine this, um... Like, I I saw some people talking about this and how, like, you know, th- this will probably be, like, you know, one of those short-form yeah. anime series. It'll probably run for, like, 11 to 15 minutes per episode. Maybe even just but- five minutes. Maybe, or they could even include like some, maybe some live action segments or something actually featuring uh, whatever prefecture is featured per episode. That'd be kind of neat. Like, th- there's a lot you could do with this. I think so. I'm so you know, for those who are disappointed that Viz didn't pick up anymore, I'm from Japan. You know, there's there's a chance we could get this anime simulcasted, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it's definitely interesting. It's pretty rare to see a series. In Shonen Jump get adapted to anime in less than a year, and I would never expect Iron for Japan would be one of those series.
0: Yeah, I I I want to say I didn't expect it, but like when you really think about it, I think it it makes sense. Like it's not really like a like a story kind of manga that you kind of need to let build up.
1: Well, it's also not a manga that I think is contingent upon popularity in the magazine, or like there's outside uh sources outside influences guiding the manga and the promotion of the manga and what it is trying to promote
0: i mean that's also true but i I still think you know it, it also helps that it's it's not it's not something you need to let build up you know before you give it like a proper anime adaptation that doesn't feel like you know super slow or whatnot
1: yeah i mean they can make up their own stuff
0: considering the premise pretty much yeah but yeah, what, what, what's, what's the next thing we got out of Jump Festa?
1: Well, now we're moving back into the realm of anime film news. And there was a pretty big anime film announcement at Jump Festa. And that is Prince of Tennis is getting a new anime film that will debut in early spring 2018. The story of the film is going to take place in between the end of the Prince of Tennis manga and the beginning of the new Prince of Tennis manga. The film is called Ryoma, Rebirth Movie, The Prince of Tennis... Yeah. So there's a teaser image that just shows Ryoma shirtless in like a very fancy kimono that's like has a cool pattern on it. There's a blue cat. He, there's like a samurai shadow silhouette behind him. It's a very cool image. It's, it's pretty funny. Like it, Prince of Tennis is all about making the t- act of playing tennis have even higher stakes in grandiosity than it actually does. So here we're trying to, I guess, imply that Ryoma is a warrior. He's like a samurai, which is not as ridiculous as you know Tesca's of uh, serve be having the same force of impact as the meteor that wiped off the dinosaurs, like the <laughs> famous the famous meme that from that film, one Princess <laughs> film. But you know, it's the kind of ridiculous stuff like that that people. Come to love from this franchise. And uh, the logo for this new movie has uh, is pretty cool because it has a stained glass motif that represents team colors to meet school in the franchise. So that's pretty neat. I don't know if we'll ever get this out over in the States, but, you know, Prince of Tennis fans still have this to look forward to and uh, watch it
0: when it comes out. I mean, I'm sure this will make a shit ton of money over in Japan because Prince of Tennis still has, I'm sure, a pretty loyal fan base at this point.
1: I mean, it's still going in the form of New Prince of Tennis, so I'd imagine. But let's also talk about uh, something very fun in terms of anime film-related news interest pieces. So to commemorate the release of Dragon Ball Super Broly, the 20th film in the Dragon Ball franchise coming out, the official website for Dragon Ball Super Broly conducted an online poll to ask Japanese fans to pick their most A favorite Dragon Ball film in its thirty-two year history, and so uh, here are the top five films chosen by over six thousand fans. So coming in at number five was the Return of Cooler. What? Yeah. At number four is Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. Okay. Uh, Number three is Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. Of course. At number two is Battle of Gods, and at number one is Fusion Reborn. So, there are only two movies in this top five that I personally like, but I'm not surprised that the top five is what it is, considering that Cooler and Broly are popular characters, and the new movies were well-received, and Fusion Reborn is also very popular. But, see, you can tell, you can understand now all the decisions that went into making Dragon Ball Super Broly, considering what the most popular films from those classic era films were. Like, Fusion Reborn and Broly being, like, the most popular, like, classic era films. Like, yeah, okay, so now we understand their their thought process into what they wanted the 20th movie to be
0: about. (sighs) Oh oh my god, they're gonna make a cooler movie next. They're totally gonna do that. They're
1: totally gonna make cooler canon. I I fully expect that to happen. I'm surprised they didn't do it in Dragon Ball Super Broly, but maybe that's some of the extra material that got cut out from the final version that was in Toriyama's original draft. I don't know if they reinvent Cooler like they did Broly. I'm sure and make him an actually good character. Like that could be good. I mean, Cooler, it's not like Cooler was a terrible character to begin with. It's just that he wasn't that distinct from Frieza, and also his movies weren't good because they're very boring.
0: I I thought the first Cooler movie was okay. It wasn't really like anything special. Return of Cooler just like actively offends me because it's like. This guy got blasted into the sun. There's no. Oh, that's legit. Like at the end of Broly, the
1: legendary super Broly explodes, and he's in- inexplicably back for a sequel. Like love, Dragon, Ball t- villains, <gasps> Dragon Ball villains. Dragon Ball villains can escape all sorts bullshit. Free- think about Frieza. Frieza was on Namek when it exploded. He survived that, and somehow cooler. Like. it's the sun you don't come back from being burnt by the sun how is that any more ridiculous than getting blown up when the planet is blown up and coming back as a cyborg (laughs) It's, it's not any more ridiculous i'm sure like the heat you have to endure is about the same
0: But, see, here's the thing, though, right? Like, it's not even that he gets, like, blown into the sun. It's that, like, one piece of him just happened to survive and just happened to be collected by this collection of space junk. Like, it just, just like the, um, I don't know what you call it. The, um, just, just the, like, um, how contrived that all that was just kind of got under my skin, and that's why I don't like that movie other like i could take a lot of bullshit from dragon ball believe it or not i can but it just felt so transparently like yep this just happened to work like i don't know i that that's why i don't like return of cooler in particular
1: i don't know return of cooler is less boring than the first cooler if only because the battle between goku and, Vegeta and the metal coolers is at least very desperate and that's interesting
0: it's less boring but it's more stupid <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I prefer more stupid to more boring. Like... I'm...
0: I don't know. I'm fine with stupid as long as it doesn't just, like... I don't know. I just felt like that, like... Just kind of insulted my intelligence a little bit. And it's very rare that I feel like that, watching anything. all, all the...
1: Dra- like, all those... Like, most of those original Dragon Ball Z films are like that.
0: They're either boring, or they're either stupid, or they're both. Look, point is, I'm dying on that hill, and nobody can take me off of it. Anyway um (laughs) i mean i agree with you that they're bad though that it's bad i don't think it's a good movie at all see see the other movies i'm i'm fine with like i like fusion reborn just fine Uh, i think it's see i i I thought that was one of the more fun dragon ball z movies
1: i saw it again like when they showed it in theaters in november and it was like no like the (laughs) the most interesting janemba is interesting in terms of like how he fights and stuff but the plot isn't great like they kinda of waste a premise with this idea of all the villains escaping from hell. The Gotenk stuff is just a drag. The Gotenk and go the Trunk stuff which, and then the Tank stuff is a drag. Mm, uh, that's fair. The stuff where they fight basically Hitler hasn't aged well in terms of the jokes. Uh and the whole build up to Gogeta is a kind of a complete anticlimax.
0: So I don't know, Janemba to me just kind of felt like, let's let's do Majin Buu again.
1: Uh, that's all the f- movie villains. They're all like, let's do this <laughs> character from the series again. Cooler is Frieza again. Uh, the Android 13 is the androids again. Lord Slug's King Piccolo again. Turles is evil Goku. <laughs> Saiyan arc again.
0: It's, okay, it's all fair, repeating
1: the stuff from the show again. <laughs> That's all those Dragon Ball Z movies were. They were like, oh, let's let's do this idea from the show, but just change some things. To try, but not really do a good job of hiding the fact we're just uh, cannibalizing ourselves. But I do think it's interesting that Fusion Reborn is the most popular Dragon Ball movie, even more so than Battle of the Gods. Like, again, I think that goes to show what Toei's thought process was in... What they put into Dragon Ball Super, Broly.
0: Mm-hmm. Look, I'm just glad that Battle of Gods is number two on the list because that's—I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite Dragon Ball Z movie, but it's pretty up there. Like, what would be your favorite? Isn't Battle of Gods? See, I see. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen a lot of the Dragon Ball Z movies in a long time. That's why I don't want to commit to an answer because I haven't. I, I I need to rewatch some of them. I mean, like, Battle of Gods is definitely up there. Um, personally, I like Dead Zone and The World's Strongest. Those are probably two of my favorites. Uh, just because I'm personally a fan of, like, that era of Dragon Ball. I don't know. Like, th- th- those are probably, like, my top three, I guess, if I really had to, like, pick three of them. But 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 like I said, I'd I'd have to watch, like, most of them again. All I know is I just, I love Battle of Gods. Like, it's probably the best, like, recent movie so far. Then again, I haven't seen Broly, so... I'll just have to wait and see how that turns out.
1: Yeah, Battle of Gods and Resurrection. Enough are definitely my favorites, and then I don't know if I really like any of the other Dragon Ball Z films, but I like those original Dragon Ball films well enough, like Mystical Adventure and uh, Sleeping Princess and Devil's Castle and stuff like that.
0: I've never seen those. So I need to really? those. Yeah, oh. I've I've only ever seen Curse the Blood Rubies.
1: Mm, that one is probably the weakest of. That
0: for those first three Dragon Ball movies, I'll have to get to this at some point. But um, yeah, no, interesting list, very telling of um of the fandom over in Japan, I guess. But let's move on to one more piece of movie news, and that is that One Piece is getting a new film entitled One Piece Stampede uh, that will open in theaters in Japan on August 9th and uh basically this movie is celebrating the 20th anniversary of the anime in particular and will be the 14th film in the franchise um not a lot of other info has been released about this movie though uh from what i've been seeing coming out of like the one piece stage at Jump Festa uh, like based on Oda's comments and i'm i'm really paraphrasing here cuz i don't remember exactly what his comments were word for word but it seemed like he was really heavily implying that like it, it's it's because the anime is 20 years old that this movie works almost
1: very vague
0: comments he made he made a big
1: uh, uproar about oh he when he was having the meetings about it he was like whoa do you want one piece and that's crazy like stuff comments like that so he's really hyping up that there's some big big stuff going on in this movie
0: yeah, I'm I'm hoping that turns out to be true because um you know the last 3 one piece movies have been pretty good all things considered. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Stampede in theaters when, you know, hopefully Funimation brings us out. So yeah, that, that that's pretty much it for that. Um I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing it.
1: Mhm. On the subject of One Piece, it was voted the most represented manga of the Heisei era, according to users of the Japanese ebook vendor book vendor BookLive. According to the traditional Japanese calendar, it's the current period based on the reign of the emperor. It, the Heisei period started on January 8, 1989, which was the day after the death of Showa Emperor Hirohito, and is likely to end on April thirtieth, 2019, which is the date where Emperor Akihito is expected to abdicate the Chrysanthemum Throne. The Heisei era is probably associated with lost decades, the years of economic stagnation following the rapid growth attained during the height of the Showa era. So... 5,653 users who had purchased at least one manga from Book Live within the last year voted in this poll, which was carried out between November 16th through the 18th, and users who voted for One Piece left comments such as, even people who don't know this manga know its title at a masterpiece that children and adults can appreciate. And so yeah, So, so the Book Live's top 10 list of most represented manga of the Heisei era is as follows. At number one, we've got One Piece. At number two, Detective Conan. Three, Dragon Ball. Four, Chibi maruko chan Five, Attack on Titan. Six, Full Metal Alchemist. Seven, Naruto. Eight, Kingdom. Nine, Gintama. And ten, Dion Genesis Evangelion. Not too surprising, I don't think. I think Chimmy Maruko san ranking number four is probably the most surprising because I think that predates the Heizei era. But I think that it's very popular in public consciousness right now.
0: And of course, it is a beloved family show. Mm, that's a pretty solid list of really solid titles, actually. In terms of titles that
1: represent an entire era and the breadth of stuff that was popular, yeah. I think it's pretty accurate and descriptive
0: of stuff that was very influential. Like, I think I'm personally okay with that being, like, the representative list. Like, there, 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 there aren't any titles on there that I think, what? Like, that shouldn't be on there. Um, but there's probably not much else to say about that list in particular, so... Uh, Let's move on to the top-selling manga in Japan by series uh, for the year 2018. And so uh, this list basically covers sales surveyed from November 20th, 2017 to November 18th, 2018. And uh, we're going to start at the bottom here. At number 10, we have Tokyo Ghoul Re, selling over uh, 3 million copies. And at number nine, we have the manga adaptation of That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, selling uh, almost three and a half million copies. Uh, At number eight, we have The Promised Neverland, uh, selling over four million copies. At number seven, we have The Seven Deadly Sins, selling over four and a half million copies. Uh, While at number six, we have Kingdom, selling about four million nine hundred thousand copies. At number 5, we have Q selling over 5 million. At number 4, we have Slam Dunk, uh, selling over 5 million. Uh, number 3, we have Attack on Titan, selling over 5 million. At number 2, we have My Hero Academia, selling over 6 million and a half copies. And of course, as always, we have One Piece at number 1, selling over 8 million copies. So... Definitely an interesting list when, uh, kind of compared to last year's list.
1: Those Slam Dunk reprints are really selling gangbusters. Like, Slam Dunk is outselling new and current series that just goes to show the popularity of that series in Japan. That reprints of the series is just doing so well in those new sales of those new special editions.
0: God, if only we could get reprints over here, that would be amazing, and I would buy them. I would, too. But um My Hero Academia definitely rising in the list. At number two, beating out Attack on Titan, that was not something I expected.
1: Yeah, Attack on Titan stars falling, while MHAs only continues to rise, it seems.
0: And it looks like uh you know, stuff like Tokyo Ghoul has pretty much fallen at the bottom, whereas like last year it was basically in the top five. Like you know, Haiku raises a little bit. I mean, but it, it's not really much of a change from last year because Haiku is still pretty much just as popular as it was last year. Uh, Kingdom is kind of interesting. That's fallen from uh, from the top three last year because I remember Kingdom like pretty much selling gangbusters last year. Um, but I mean, it's it's still pretty popular though. Nice to see that the Promised Neverland is on this list this year. I mean, not not the jump ahead too much, but. You know, it's kind of amazing that it's doing so well, and, you know, the anime hasn't even premiered for it yet. So I'm, I'm personally looking forward to seeing how well it does next year after the anime's premiered. I feel like it could easily probably get into the top five depending on how well received the anime is, so. Yeah, I think so.
1: Pretty interesting, High Q and Seven of the Lee Sins are in pretty much the exact same place as they were last year. Well High Q's actually a spot higher, but Seven of the Lee Sins was seven last year, it's seven this year. Uh Promise Neverland has pretty much taken Food Wars' place on the list. Food Wars, we're not seeing it on this list at all, that's gone. But Promise Neverland is rising as it's fallen, it seems.
0: Uh looks like uh Promise Neverland has taken One Punch Man's place from last year.
1: Yeah, One Punch Man ain't in the top ten either. It makes sense that Tokyo Ghoul RE is ranked number 10 considering
0: that ended this year. That's true. Um, That time I got reincarnated as a slime I'm seeing is getting pretty popular. Oh yeah,
1: it is quite popular, not only as a manga, but its light novel, the original light novel, is doing extremely well too. Which brings us to our top selling light novels in Japan by series list for 2018 as well. Of course, this list covers sales from November 28th, 2017 to November 18th, 2018. And so let's start from bottom to top. We've got No Game, No Life from Yu Yamiya, ranked at number 10 with 350,000 sales. Number nine, we've got Sword Art Online by Reki Kawahara with 371,626 sales. We got number eight, we got Classroom with a Elite by Hyogo Kinugasa with 393,000 sales. We got at number seven, Sword on Online Progressive by Ricky Kabahara, ranked at number seven with 426,000 sales. At number six, we got The Realest Work is Never Done by Shiro Shiratori with 478,000 sales. We got at number five, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime by Fusei at 539,000 sales. At number four, we've got ReZero by Tape Nakatsuki. With six hundred nineteen thousand sales at number three, we've got The Irregular Metric High School by Sutomo Sato with six hundred twenty-six thousand sales. At number two, we've got Konosuba by Natsume Akatsuki with six hundred thirty thousand sales. And at number one, we've got Overlord by Kugane Moriyama with eight hundred seven thousand sales. So yes, uh, that time I got reincarnated slime is not doing well just as a light novel, but as a manga too. It's been an extremely successful multimedia property, but also a lot of uh, very successful light novels are doing extremely well, continuing to do extremely well. Uh, It seems Overlord has had an especially good year. It had like two seasons of its anime come out this year and a lot of big events for it. it. seems to be doing good. Konosuba seems to be doing really well even without any anime coming out this year coming in number two it's very interesting that progressive is selling more than regular sao uh this year but hey pretty interesting and yeah the rest of these titles are very very interesting
0: you want to know what else is interesting i'm i'm looking at the list from last year sword art online and overlord have pretty much switched places like exactly like it's kind of amazing uh yeah Yeah, it seems last year uh, Overlord was number nine while Sword Art Online was number one. So the tables have basically turned. It's I, I, I can't say I saw that coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's even been any new SAO novels recently. But yeah, it seems like SAO is just fallen, but Overlord is rising. There's some series that are were on last year's list that aren't still on this year's list, namely the likes of Saga of Tanya Evo, Ero Manga Sensei, Gacha Records, those kind of series. They are not on the list. But, you know, Konosuba has maintained its place as number two from last year to still this year, so that's good to see Konosuba is as popular as ever. It's interesting, though, that in general, like last year, Sword of a line number one had over a million in sales. But this year, Overlord at number one only has about 800,000. So it seems like overall sales might be down for light novels.
0: Yeah, that's that's another interesting note there. Um, it's also interesting to see that uh, No Game, No Life is on the list compared to last year when it wasn't present at all.
1: Mm-hmm. It must have had an upswing recently with some, I guess, good books, or there's just, just been a new promotional push for it.
0: Probably. But yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised at how low Sword Art Online has gotten. That that really just kind of totally ta- caught me off guard because for a while Sword Art Online was pretty much dominating.
1: You know, it is surprising considering that he even has a new anime currently airing. So you'd think that there'd be some
0: hype from that pushing up sales, but not really. It seems. Yeah, I'll have to check out the Overlord novels at some point because I'm I'm kind of like slowly making my way through like the first season of the anime and like. I think it's kind of interesting, but like, I don't think it's like necessarily like amazing or anything, but I'm, I'm sure maybe like seasons two or three probably have some bigger stuff that happens or there are probably some bigger developments or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen much of Overlord,
1: but I know V-Lord's a big fan. He got a Shishiki signed by Maruyama at Anime Expo and everything. So yeah, I'm definitely keen to catch more of it since I did enjoy the premiere of Season three at Anime Expo.
0: Hmm, Yeah, uh, definitely some interesting stuff on the light novel side, but I guess we can move on to our next list.
1: That's right. We've got another list to talk about, the Da Vinci Annual Book of the Year list the 18 annual Da Vinci Book of the Year list for 2018, which our rankings is not based only on sales, but is a group of 4,275 viewers, including book reviewers, writers, and bookstore employees who selected this year's entries, and to be eligible for this list, Alanga had to have a new volume published between October 1st, 2017, and September 30th, 2018. And so, this is a big list of 50 titles, but let's just go through the top 10, and then pick out some of the rest from later so coming in at number one we've got detective conan from gosho ayama that's comes in at number one here at number two we've got oya to Boko by taro yabe at number three we got one piece by ichiro oda at number four Haiku by haruichi furadate it comes in at number five by yuki Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu. at number six we got golden kamui by satoranoda at number seven we got kingdom by Gasu sahara Takon Titan comes at number 8 by Hajime Heisayama, and number 9 we've got Kitamba Hideaki Sorachi, and number 10 we've got Yotsuba by Hikiyoiko Azuma. So, of course, very popular and critically acclaimed titles are ranking in the top 10. Oyasan oh, Toboku is interesting because I've never heard of that series before, but it seems to be quite beloved by the critical community in Japan.
0: Yeah, I can't really say I'm super familiar with that series either. Um but uh no, I think as far as the top ten goes, I think it's pretty solid. I would agree with most of those tiles as far as critical acclaim goes. I'm I'm just happy that Gintama's on the list, uh personally. Um I guess just kinda quickly going through the rest of the list. Um I see the Promised Neverland there ranking at number twenty six. Uh my My Hero Academia ranking at 16, uh One Punch Man at 13. Uh tsh, 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 what else is there? I'm trying to see. Uh stuff like Hunter Hunter is pretty low, which I find kind of interesting.
1: Well, Hunter Hunter only releases one volume a year these days, anyway. But then again, so does Yotsuba, so.
0: Yeah, but uh there there's there's not really much else I can say about this list in particular. Just um I guess stuff. Uh, oh, here, here, here. There's um, stuff like Kimetsu no Yaiba at number thirty. But uh, yeah, um, I can't really say I have much else to say. Just, just, just some interesting titles on this list. I think it's a pretty solid like top fifty.
1: Yep, good titles on this list, except for what's ranked number twenty one. I am not happy that's on the list. But
0: I, yep, I was, I was very tempted to make a mention, but I decided not to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> But otherwise
1: yeah. a decent list.
0: Yeah. But, uh, just to move on to our next list, the 2019 edition of Kono Manga Sugoi announced their list of the top 20 manga magazines. And so, well, I guess we'll just, uh, go from, uh, from the, at least the top 10 here. Starting from, uh, number 10, we have Kurage Bunch, published by, uh, Shin Chosha. And number 9, we have Elegance Eve, published by Akita Shoten. With uh, Weekly Shonen Magazine, published by Kodansha, coming in at number 8. At number 7, we have uh, Big Comic Spirits, published by Shugaku-Kan. At number 6, we have Shonen Jump Plus, published by Shueisha. At number 5, we have Comic New Type from uh, Kadokawa, uh, with Weekly Shonen Jump coming in at number 4 from Shueisha. At number 3, we have Feel Young from Shodensha, with Monthly Flowers uh, from Shugaku-Kan at number 2. And uh, Afternoon, published by Kodansha at number one. Uh, So, I can't say that I'm familiar with every manga magazine on here. Um, Before we say anything else, I'm kind of looking at the top 20. I'm having a hard time finding Shonen Sunday on here. It's not
1: on here. It's tragic. It's not in this top 20.
0: That makes me very sad, and I don't even read Shonen Sunday, so... Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Bomber, if you're listening. So that's a whole thing in and of itself. Um, but um, you know, Shonen Jump. You know, I mean, it's not like low on the list, but um, it's in the top five. I just kind of expected it to be higher, just because like it's you know it's probably the most like mainstream magazine. I can't say that um I'm I'm kind of going through like what's published in what magazine um. I, I recognize a few series from uh, from from Afternoon, such as, like, uh, you know, Big Windup, Oh My Goddess, uh, Parasite, Vinland Saga, which uh, I think apparently used to be in Weekly Shonen Magazine. At least that's what it says on the wiki. I don't know if that's true or not. Vinland Saga? Vinland Saga, like, the first 20 or so chapters
1: were published in a Shonen Magazine, but then it switched to Afternoon. It's been there for, like, over 10 years.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I mean, uh, Kodansha, you know, in, in like in general has, you know, has has a, has a lot of good titles under their belt. So, um, you know, I guess I'm I guess I'm not that surprised. Um, I can't say like out of the top 10, I'm I've never heard of Shodensha. Like I I am not familiar with like Oh, okay, they apparently they published a uh, Bunny Drop. Uh so there's that and uh Strawberry Shortcakes uh do 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 i feel like i've heard of helter skelter somewhere before that sounds kind of familiar um outside of those i'm I'm not very familiar with their works um i don't know is there anything that uh, i guess kind of stands out to you about this list at all
1: uh well helter skelter is a kyoko okazaki manga that's very good and yeah i mean I think that we are just surprised by this just because we're so focused on Shonen Jump. But like, of course, the manga world extends way beyond Shonen Jump. And in Japan, of course, they have, you know, all these manga magazines and that are getting a lot of attention and have a lot of great series out there. And we really don't get all this stuff from those magazines out over here. And we don't, especially since there isn't a magazine brand identity for a lot of those series in the West, like there is for Shonen Jump, we don't really associate them with a specific magazine. So that us off a bit, but you can see that even though Shonen Jump is extremely popular, it isn't the most popular or critically acclaimed, uh, according to J- some critics in Japan. So these got, got Afternoon, Mudley Flowers, Feeling Young, all publishing great series that are very well appraised and highly valued. In the
0: Japanese manga fandom, mm. I guess the only other thing that kind of stood out to me was that um, I—it's I, probably just because I'm not fam- like I've never used the Shonen Jump Plus app, and I'm—I'm I'm not really familiar with like every title that they publish. But like, I didn't know that they published enough to be considered like their own thing. I guess. Like, I just kind of assumed that, like, you know, Shonen Jump Plus was basically, like, just kind of an extension of Weekly Shonen Jump. Like, they weren't necessarily, like, their own- they weren't, like, their own publication. So, I was kind of surprised to find that out, at least, so.
1: I mean, I guess it's interesting that they consider it a distinct thing, that they even consider it, like, ranking it as a magazine, since it's, you know, like a website format where you can just read series on there. But, yeah, I mean, they publish- a lot of series on there, like Astra and Hell's Paradise and May' Academia Vigilantes and stuff, so yeah you know it makes sense they have a lot of titles that they serialize, so you can consider it like their own brand identity.
0: This is true, um, but I guess we'll move on from that to uh some more stuff from Kono manga Sugoi in that uh they've also released a top twenty list of manga for male readers. And uh, we'll kind of just start from the first 10 here. At number 10, we have uh, Heaven's Design Team, which uh, I believe was released this year from uh, from Kadancha as a part of their digital only line. I still need to get around to reading that. I've heard good things about it. Uh, at number nine, we have Reizwa tiningai I haven't really heard of that title myself, along with... Uh,
1: well, I don't think we've heard any of these other titles except for what's in numbers three, which I'm sure we're both happy with which is Astro Lost in Space came in at number three on this list by Ketoshi It was like one of the very first things we covered at the beginning of this year. We had a great podcast about it. We really love the series. And yeah, I'm glad to see that it's ranked so highly.
0: Number eight, I think is kind of cool. Uh, Goku Shu Fudo, which um, I've I've seen being like kind of posted online a lot recently it's it's this uh it's this manga basically about a retired yakuza guy who basically just stays home and takes care of the house while you know his wife works essentially like i've i've seen a lot of panels and pages posted from that series in particular like i know a lot of people really like that series like i'd be kind of surprised if that didn't get picked up at some point
1: mhm and then outside the top 10 hell's paradise comes in at number 18 so that's also very cool to see but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of interesting series that, you know, we only have a select few over here out in the West, so the world of manga is just so vast. Like, we didn't even recognize any of the series on the female readers list, which is why we can't talk about it, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I think literally, like, the one thing we both recognized was uh was Seven Seeds, and that's kind of about it, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, like Lam said, we won't be talking about that list on the show, but, uh, the last list we're going to be talking about is the top selling media franchises in Japan for, uh, 2018. Uh, so this list covers basically sales surveyed from December 11th, 2017 to December 9th, 2018, and basically includes raw yen totals of Blu-ray discs, DVDs, CDs, print manga, um, so it doesn't include anything such as like games, film tickets, digital downloads, uh, etc. And we we won't go over everything on this list. Um, we just kind of basically pick out anything that like stands out to us. Uh the the thing that kind of stood out to me was that uh Gintama made it at number twenty-nine on the list. Apparently that franchise has made over uh, almost a billion and a half yen uh over the past year, which makes me very happy as a Gintama fan, cause you know, I, I've, I've talked to, you know, cause I, I talked to bomber a lot about like, you know, the blu-ray sales for that, for Gintama in particular. And, you know, I, I was afraid for a while cause it seemed like blu-ray sales, at least according to bomber, weren't like as strong as they used to be. Like they basically weren't like basically Gintama at this point really isn't getting any new fans cause it's such an old thing. And like, you know, it's also ending soon at some point it'll end anyway. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm just I'm just glad to see that Gintama is still making some kind of money. Um, once again, Greatest Showman apparently is just a apparently a beloved franchise in Japan.
1: Yeah, that one movie is just <laughs> very very popular in Japan.
0: Uh, that that, that continues to kind of tickle me. I think I think we talked about that once before when we talked about like the first half of this list. I feel like we've covered that on the show. Yeah. I'm trying to bring up the uh, the 2017 list just to kind of help compare. Um, let's see here. So uh, I guess uh, Seven Deadly Sins is pretty high up there. Uh, I don't think it was that high last year. Actually, no, it was it was at number 23 last year. So it's it's definitely gotten a push. Um, di- didn't a new season of the anime come out this year? Or was that last year? Seven Deadly Sins? New season came out this year. Okay, then yeah, that that probably explains it. Um, I guess like we mentioned during the top ten list uh, for manga earlier in the show, Slam Dunk is just killing it. Like we mentioned earlier, it's 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 doing better than most new things, which is great.
1: Yeah, seeing a huge Slam Dunk revival.
0: I. I mean, I feel like it won't happen because Inoue probably won't give anybody the go-ahead, but, like, I'm sure there are, like there are studios out there that want to make another Slam Dunk anime really badly.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'd have the situation, would want to look into it if Slam Dunk just reprints of the manga enough to boost sales of the entire franchise up into the top 10 media franchises in Japan total. Like, think of the potential of having a new anime just to continue that momentum.
0: Yeah, that would that would be pretty amazing, but again, like, I can't imagine Inoue giving the go-ahead on that, because, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the original Slam Dunk anime, but from the little I've seen of it, it wasn't, like, terrible, but it wasn't, I didn't really think it was, like, that great either. I was kind of in the middle with it. Um, I'm trying to see, because th- I'm trying to see if Black Clover was on the list last year, because it's, uh, where is it? It's, uh, it's, it's number 28 at the list here. Um, was it on the list last year? I'm still trying to look. Um, no, I I don't see it, actually. <laughs> so that's interesting. I'm, I'm glad to see Black Clover's doing pretty good. I, I honestly was kind of worried about uh, the anime at first, because, yeah, I, I, as I'm sure, like, most people have been. But I mean, with episode 63, like, in particular, airing pretty recently at the time of this recording, like, I'm glad that the anime has potential to be something, like, really, really good. Like, I really enjoyed that episode
1: hmm yeah i mean it was an amazing episode like they had to fight against all odds to get that episode made as beautiful as it was There's this great post on sakugaboru on the history of that episode and like how it all came together and all the work of the animators and the production team in order to like fight against their hellish schedule in order to reach out to great talent to make that episode as good as it was. so yeah we gotta leave a link to that in the description for sure that that is definitely a community shout out that I want to give out for this week is that Sakuga Borough post detailing that history of that very standout episode.
0: But yeah, oh, it looks like uh, Promised Neverland's on here still. Again, Probus Neverland for something that does not have an anime at all is still making a lot of money.
1: Well, yeah, manga is extremely popular and I think that the anime will continue to boost its popularity internationally.
0: I I, I think like the only other thing that I think is probably worth mentioning at the moment is, um, is that stuff like Love Live and Idol Master is pretty much just like dominated and pretty much taken over where like One Piece was last year. Um, where uh, One Piece this year is basically the third most lucrative uh, franchise in Japan at this at this moment, whereas uh, Love Live was only like the seventh most lucrative like last year, which. I guess sounds kind of weird to me because like Love Live is just this huge like, just this huge like media franchise that like you know I I kind of honestly I kind of already expected it to be like the top one because like I know a lot of people are into Love Live and I know Love Live makes a shit ton of money.
1: Idol stuff's incredibly popular over in Japan.
0: Yeah, I I guess if anything could beat out One Piece, it'd be Attack on Titan and Idols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything that, like, anything else I really want to point out, unless there's anything that, like, stands out to you.
1: Nope, it's very interesting to see what are the top-selling media franchises, a lot of stuff that I'd expect to be in here, as long, as well as stuff that, you know, I am, continue to be amazed that it's extreme, so extremely popular, like Greatest Showman, but, <sighs> hey, you get those oddballs every now and again.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested in seeing if that's on the list next year. Let, let's go Greatest Showman, three years running.
1: yeah somehow even without any sequels made that movie continues to sell even longer than frozen it's popular in japan endures
0: it just makes me want to watch the movie it's kind it's the weirdest thing
1: i'm not gonna (laughs) be tricked (laughs) into watching
0: it um but i guess we should just move on to You know, the rest of the show, starting with our thoughts.
1: There is one last piece of news, some breaking news that we can quickly cover. And that is that May I Hear Academia and Promise Everland are going to be made available for free comic book day as part of Wiz's uh, you know, promotional issue on free comic book day on May 4th. So, you know, there'll be a MHA Promise Liberland sampler they'll put out. They'll also put out a Pokemon sampler with uh, Pokemon I Choose You and Pokemon Adventures manga. Uh, Vertical will also be putting out a sampler of Kino's Journey. And uh, Kodansha is going to be putting out a sample of Captor Sakura Character's Edition, which had Atelier and Us of the Library. And uh, yeah, so those are your free comic book day manga samplers to look forward to on May 4th. But yeah, that about does it for news, and now we can move on to talking about the new Shonen Jump site and our new jumpstarts.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's been about a week at the time of this recording since the new Shonen Jump app launched, and I can't say that I really have, like, a ton of thoughts on it so far. I, I've i basically been using it to, like—because at the time of this recording, I'm basically about two chapters behind on basically everything— which is on, is still better than I, where I was like a month ago. <laughs> um, so I'm not c- entirely caught up yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Like, I'll definitely be caught up in time for our Best of Manga episode.
1: I will say that I have been having some troubles with the app in that, you know, when I try to stream manga feature, like, internet can be pretty inconsistent. So, you know, when you are in a place that doesn't have great internet, you know, it'll be a real pain to have chapters load sometimes and it's also you know also hard to download chapters when you're in a place that doesn't have so great internet because it's it's not very I found that the app isn't super responsive when you click on the download button and like I've sometimes you have to like press on it it takes a while before it like kind of locks and gives that you know visual signal that oh here the chapter is downloading because sometimes I'm pressing the download button and it doesn't like do anything. So I'm wondering, is this chapter downloading? Do I have to do this again? So I think the response in this can be improved a little bit. And then when I check my downloads, you know, sometimes it takes a while for the download to show up in my download section. So I'm like, oh, I, I guess I have to wait a little bit. So there's some lag, I feel. Also, like, when I when I am, like, flipping through pages when I'm just streaming them, there's also some kind of, like, lab when I'm, like, just using... Ding! you know my touch screen to like flip through a page sometimes it kind of gets stuck or like there's it just it, it's not like where before when i was reading stuff on the Wiz app like i i could just like flick and it is like it's immediate very quick gratifying like immediately the page like transitions into the next page you know immediate flip but like now it's kind of like you have to drag it in order for that flip to happen it's like kind of more slow so I don't know if those are issues just with my phone. Maybe I have to get my phone updated a little bit. I don't know.
0: I was gonna say because um I haven't had much trouble with the app as far as that goes. Like it, it, the app's been pretty responsive on my end, thankfully. Um, see, now that you mentioned it, I'll, I'll have to like go back and look because like I because I I know what you're saying in terms of, like, flipping the page, because, like, I I remember being able to, like, you know, flip through manga on the Viz and Shonen Jump apps just fine, just very quick, but, uh, like, now that you say that, I'm actually trying to think back, and I'm, like, I'm trying to think back on, like, the time this week I've used the app, and trying to wonder, like, is it acting slower? Do I actually have to, like, pull back? I'll I'll have to, like, go back and double check that, because I, like, because now that you say that, I feel like I might have had that issue, too.
1: Also, when I've tried to read, like, my old Shonen Jump issues, you know, the magazine issues, the feature to, like, jump ahead in the table of contents, you know, to a particular series no longer seems to work with this, you know, new update on the app. You know, before, you know, if you were reading the Shonen Jump magazine issues on the app, you know, you could click in the table of contents to whichever series you want to read. So... Now that now that feature doesn't work when you go to read your back issues, which isn't you know a problem going forward with you know the new stuff since there's no magazine anymore, but it is kind of unfortunate when I'm trying to go back into the back issues, uh, I can't like immediately do that.
0: Hmm. See, that's interesting because um you know I've I've caught up with the magazine issues at this point, and while I was reading, like you know because uh the the, the issues had this cool feature where like if you pressed on the to be continued section of the page, it'll take you back to the table of contents. And as far as that goes, you know, that's been working for me. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of going through the app real quick just to see if uh, basically if I could jump to a series without actually like flipping through the page. And um, it see- it seems to be working for me just fine. So that's really mm-hmm. that's really interesting that you that you're having uh, issues with that. So so here's another. Do you another. have
1: your issues downloaded? Or are they? Or are you streaming them? Because maybe
0: it's just an issue with streaming the issues that
1: that doesn't work.
0: I was gonna say I have I have my issues downloaded, but also something I wanted to ask was like I've been using the app through the iOS. Is is that what you're using, or, or do you have an Android phone?
1: Uh, I have an Apple iOS. So, okay,
0: because yeah. I because I also I, I just realized that's probably probably worth mentioning like what we're actually running our apps on too, um, so that's interesting that you're having issues with that. Um, it it's probably because I have them downloaded that I can still do it, but like yeah, otherwise I'm not sure what the issue would would be.
1: It must be something related to like I tried to stream the issue and it wasn't downloaded, so maybe it doesn't work if you try to stream it.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of deleting my uh my app right now to see if uh Yeah, that's 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 it. <laughs> I I mm-hmm. just I just deleted an issue and I'm I'm streaming it right now. And yeah, like I've lost all ability to just jump to a series. So, yeah, that's basically it.
1: I also know that with large files like those issues, those are also a lot slower running when you're trying to stream them,
0: you know, to flip through
1: and they can have more like problems with lag and loading.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, um, I mean, it, it, I, I think, I think this is one of those things where like, I think, I don't know. I probably have better internet consistently as far as this stuff goes. So I haven't really had much issue like loading the app or anything, um unfortunately like i haven't gotten the chance to like read any like backlog titles at all i really want to get to that sometime in the next couple of weeks or so um really that like the only thing i kind of wish the app had was like and i've seen a few people you know kind of suggest this or make the complaint that like you know that like you know there's no feature on the app that kind of helps you that basically helps the reader like you know remember like like what what place in a the series they stopped reading like as far as chapter goes like oh what what chapter did i stop at or you know where do i need to continue from and i th- i hope that's something that like um jeff if you're listening um i hope that's something that maybe the app um uh, the app developers kind of look into is maybe like some sort of cue feature i think that'd be kind of cool like th- i think that would be really helpful for people like us who are reading multiple series you know, in some cases, like everything that Jump is running. So, you know, just to kind of help keep track of like, and for backlog tiles too, just, just to keep, just to like a tracker to help keep track of like, you know, where we're at in a series, I think would be a great feature to add to the app if it's possible.
1: Yeah. And also if you exit out of a series, it doesn't immediately take you back to like the front page. Like you can, you're just going to stay on like maybe the series page because I know that's, kind of annoying to like navigate back to the series you're reading on if you exit out of the chapter
0: yeah otherwise um my experience with the app has been i mean obviously like you know when this thing first launched it's gonna have its bugs and we understand that um so it it's it's not gonna be perfect but i think so far it i mean like you know, I, I think um, I think we really got to give it to Jeff. Like, he's been so responsive to people who have been having trouble with the apps, and he's been very good about keeping people updated on, like, you know, like on all the bug fixes he's been kind of making to the app. And, like, especially when, when the app launched, like, he was so helpful with everybody trying to use it and everything. And I think we got to give a big shout out to Jeff. Like, he was the real MVP of Shonen Jump Christmas, as I as I like to call it.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, he's been extremely vocal about it. He was like very, you know, uh, active when the launch was happening about all the issues, about all the progress. Uh, And even, even though he was explaining things that uh, apparently he shouldn't have been. And uh, he was, so we had to stop his tread of like all the questions he was answering. But yeah, he has been extremely helpful. And I know he really, really helped into making this the best experience possible for everyone.
0: Yeah, so Jeff, if you're listening, thank you for all your help. You've seriously been a huge help.
1: Uh, just a few other things about the app that uh, I want to address is that I, I've heard complaints from Android users that they don't have a search function in their version of the app to navigate the series. So uh, that's probably something that should be added to that too, because it is in the I- iOS, but not mm-hmm. in the Android, it seems. And also one thing that I found interesting is that when the app launched hell's paradise was in the app you could read it but now at by I, the time of this recording it's gone so i wonder what happened with that
0: see i knew i knew i wasn't crazy i i was in there it in there man damn like, it
1: <laughs> i i don't know what happened like they tried to put it on the app but like <laughs> apple or someone told him to take it off or god damn it Uh, apple (laughs) (laughs) yeah but for a very brief period hell's paradise was on the app at launch and now it's not there anymore so i guess they're still working through that but it's definitely unfortunate because i was hoping i could download it and read it all on my flight you know that i have going for the holidays but like now, I guess I can't. I'm gonna have to read down the browser. But
0: yeah, it's God. It's very, See very th- that annoyed the sh- that annoyed the shit out of me because like I remembered seeing it on there. Um, but then like you know, a couple of days later, I thought like, okay, I'm like because I did what you wanted. To do. I wanted to download a couple of chapters in case I had time to read at work or something in my downtime. But like, I tried to go find it, and it's suddenly not there anymore. And like, I'm just sitting here wondering. Was it ever there to begin with? <laughs> I was really questioning reality there for a good like five, ten minutes before work, so I totally didn't feel crazy at all like God, Apple I hate you. Come on. Let let us read Gokuraku on the on the Shonen Jump app. That's all I want.
1: God. Yeah, I know they're still troubleshooting through those issues, so hopefully eventually they'll figure it out and people will be able to read mature titles like Jigoku Raku on the app.
0: I I hope so. I really hope so.
1: But hey, at least it is on the browser. It is a part of the vault, so you can go through all those. But uh, speaking of just the vault in general, you know, what do you think about the selection? What do you think about some of the emissions that are in the vault?
0: Oh yeah, I, I guess I I totally forgot. We probably should talk about that. Um, I think the vault for for what they have available now is fine. Like, you know, there's still series on there that I want to read, but, like, it feels like I've read about—it feels like I've already read a lot of series on The Vault personally. Um, basically it feels like half the series I've already read or caught up on, while the other half is still stuff that, like, I, I still haven't checked out fully and I still want to read, so that's good. So, for me personally, there's still a pretty good selection, um— I'm kind of bummed, personally, and I'm sure they'll be added eventually, but, like, I'm kind of surprised that One Punch Man isn't available, and I know, like, before anybody, like, adds us or anything, saying, like, it's not technically Jump because it doesn't run in the Japanese Jump, but, like, it was still a part of Viz's Weekly Shonen Jump, so I would think that, like, they'd still be simul-publishing it, so I'm not sure why that wasn't included with the simul-pubs, I I find that kind of weird, I hope they... I hope those come back because, man, not to give anything away, but I've really been loving One Punch Man this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, they got questions about that on the
1: latest Jump podcast, and their answer to why uh, One Punch man and Hunter Hunter aren't there is basically, you know, they're working on it. So hopefully, well, eventually, that's good. stuff they will get added in.
0: I, I was just surprised by One Punch Man in particular because that was something that were that they were simultaneously, you know, releasing in English, so. Yeah.
1: And the same is true for Hunter Hunter, which is also a conspicuous app, since both Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho aren't on here, even though they're both digitally available.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hunter Hunter, I guess, you know, when it, like, you know, it's not always in the magazine, but it, it's still a part of the silo pubs, so I guess it is kind of weird that that's not in there. Yu Yu Hakusho, like, I'm sure will probably be added at some point. Um, yeah, Hunter Hunter, I was kind of disappointed in because, like, I... I've only ever read, like, the eight, first eight volumes of Hunter x Hunter, and then, like, I've been pretty much been keeping up with it past the anime, so, like, I I kind of want to read all of Hunter x Hunter at some point. Um, but no, yeah, I, I can't think of, like, too many other titles that, like, I really wish were on the app. Like, you know, I'm hoping stuff that doesn't have a digital release, like Show 21, maybe will be added soon. Stuff that, be, like, you know, I talked about this on the show a couple episodes ago, like, like, weird exceptions like iShield Shield 21 and Slam Dunk and, like, Gintama. Like, I hope stuff like that can make it on the app at some point. But, again, some of those are weird exceptions, and we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're saying that they want to make everything under... They have under the Shonen Jumper imprint available, but, you know, there's going to be all sorts of, like, I'm sure, problems to troubleshoot. And with Slam Dunk in particular, you know, there isn't a digital version of Slam Dunk in Japan, even.
0: So Yeah, so that one might... That that one might be a pipe dream for now.
1: I mean, personally, I'm just hoping for everything under the jump imprint to be added there eventually. You know, I want Hoshinengi in there.
0: Yeah, I want that too.
1: You know, I want Saint Seiya in there. I mean, I have all the Saint Seiya for me to read whenever I want, but I-, I want that in there for other people. You know, to check it out.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad that like it seems like they want to put everything they have on their Um, in the vault. Like, I'm gl- I'm glad that they're being that ambitious. I really appreciate that just as somebody who, you know, like, I'm already getting so much content, I kind of feel bad for wanting more, because, like, there's still so much on there that, like, that I'm not going to get to reading for a while, like, I still have stuff like Siren, and Muyo and Roji, Prince of Tennis, uh, other stuff that I can't think of at the top of my head, hell, like, hopefully, like, within the next year or so, like, you know, I can maybe finally start, we can find time to, like, you know, start seriously, like, revisiting, like, Naruto and Bleach at some point, now that we have mm-hmm. the ability to. Like, those are two series I actually really want to revisit and do big podcast about at some point. Yeah. So, you know, the, I still have a shit ton of stuff I can read.
1: There are 88 series in the vault, and, you know, just speaking for me personally, I looked through, I counted up all the ones I haven't read or yet, or at least haven't completed, and there are 28 series Wow. Of those 88 that I still need to check out. So I have plenty of content because I have, like, in tons of big series I haven't read yet, like Claymore, you know, t- and Togami Bachi to read. So, you know, I'm pretty happy. I'll be, <laughs> it'll take me quite a while to get through all this already. Something I've also noticed is that some of these series in the vault don't have their complete runs in here, even though they supposedly say they do, at least on the browser. Like, in Kaku Picasso only has the first five chapters. Out of nineteen, which is quite odd to me, and Eld Live, even though it says that it has sixty-four chapters, when you actually go to it, they only have the first forty-one chapters. Hmm. So that's interesting. It seems with some of the series that they'll be adding more chapters as the volume comes out, but some of them that used to be available. In the free section have been taken out now,
0: like with those Eld Live chapters. Yeah, that's really weird, because I know stuff like um, Astro Lost in Space, I know that's completely available now.
1: Yeah, but After Lost in Space, all the volumes have been released too, but with Eld Live, it
0: still has four volumes to go. Oh man, but I mean, like, again, like I said, there are a lot of series that like I have already read, but for for as many series as i've already read there are just as many that i haven't so like again yeah i'm sure if you count
1: them up you'll get to a comparable number as mine
0: like if you count all those yugioh
1: spin-offs or, yeah like stuff like even like the shorter stuff like you count all that stuff up they add up
0: i need to go back and count how many actual full series on there that i actually like really want to read um but i'll 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 do that at some other point but i guess is there anything else we want to mention about the app
1: I think that just about covers everything I wanted to discuss. You know, I haven't gotten a chance to max out my hunter chapter limit. Like, I know some people I've seen on my timeline have been doing, mainly because, you know, I've I wor- I've been working full days and stuff, and now I have a vacation coming up. But hopefully, you know, next month when I have some more downtime, I hope to actually try and attempt that, max out my hunter chapter limit, try to get to some of those long series that I've been itching to read for a long time. Like, Togami Bachi? You can read the entirety of that one day that's like just under limit, 99 chapters. I'm going to try that. Might download all of that and try to read it during my vacation.
0: Oh, man. See, the the, the great thing for me about that 100 chapter limit is I know I'll never reach that limit. Unless I'm really, really, really into something, I know I'm not going to read 100 chapters in one day. Because I also read kind of slow, so I'll never have to worry about it. I mean, if you're reading something action-heavy without too much
1: dialogue, like Dragon Ball, I can totally see someone doing that. Like, I've seen a lot of people reading Dragon Ball uh, through this 100 chapter limit and, you know, getting to the end of it every day. But then there's some really text-heavy series that, yeah, I don't think that you would be able to reach the
0: end of it in one day. Like, there's no way in hell someone's going to read uh, 100 chapters of Bakuman, that's for sure.
1: Oh, no. no. I there were some days, do-
0: There were some days I couldn't even get through one. Volume, I mean, not one chapter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's gonna take. I don't think you'll be able to max out the limit with Bakemon.
0: No, nope, not at all.
1: That that takes too long to read.
0: Jeez, no, but yeah, um, I think overall my experience with the app has been pretty positive. Again, aside from a few bugs, but like I was saying earlier, like you know, th- those are those are to be expected at launch. So. I'm not really that surprised about them, and uh, and I, I know we have good people working behind the Shonen Jump apps, so you know I'm I'm confident that the apps are just going to start functioning functioning even better from here on out. So,
1: mm-hmm. and one final cool thing I want to mention, just a little neat uh, tip to give you guys, is that you can actually read the entirety of that time I got reincarnated as Yansha for free. In this Shonen Jump vault, because in the vault they have the first three chapters of every series for free. And that time I got reincarnated as Yanja is only three chapters long. So you can read the entirety of that for free on the Shonen Jump browser without having to pay for the service. So yeah, check that out.
0: Yeah, uh, you should read the entirety of that and uh, get ready for our eventual podcast about it.
1: Yeah, whenever that'll be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it, we promise. But yeah, um, I think uh, we should we should probably start talking about uh, the two latest cyber pubs real quick.
1: Yeah, speaking of things available in this Shonen Jump vault, two of the latest series that visit Shonen Jump is going to be publishing, uh, serializing from here on out. So first up, we've got Neolation a story by Tomohide Hirao and art by Miski Yoda. And so Neolation is about a super hacker named Neo who is just super really good at hacking. He's hacking so good that they call him like a wizard. And in the first chapter, he meets up with this delinquent kid who's, you know, because their his parents has died, you know, him and his sister have been kind of struggling to pay back their debt. And so like the, his uh, creditors are kind of like conning them to sell their hot dog stand by making up like a fake debt payment but neo kind of exposes the lies and that they made up that contract and so then they punish the creditors by like beating them up and uh lighting them on fire with their super hacking so while Manai is like a traditional delinquent who fights with his fists, Neo is a technological delinquent who fights with his computer and his super awesome hacking skills. And he is able to hack someone's phone to light them on fire. With an ability he calls Blaze.
0: Yeah, basically he uh, he he Samsungs his enemies. Basically, <laughs> and so. He
1: also calls himself a cracker, which is the term for people who use technology for crimes. Crackers.
0: That's that's, uh, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> quite a term. I'm sure they uh, did not think through international implications of that term. Anyway, <laughs> any uh, so yeah, it's about two delinquents, a technological delinquent and a traditional delinquent, that they like go around exposing the bad guys and the un- the underbelly of their town and it's fun because it's so ridiculous and over top it's got good art and it's got a good heart so yeah
0: i enjoy it what i really enjoy is i love how like sadistic neo is yeah (laughs) like i kind of like how the first chapter kind of ends very like my hero academy ish where it's like oh by the way this is the story of how i basically dominate the underworld like I I, I kind of like how it ends off there because it's like you know Neo obviously he's our protagonist but like he's such a like he's he's not exactly like a bad person but he's not like a he's a good person but he's like he's got
1: you know a mischievous impish side to him you know he takes a picture of him stepping on Minai you know you know to kind of like blackmail him and to be his minion.
0: He's kind of a jerk sometimes. Yeah, he is kind of jerkish, but
1: you know, he's kind of like endearingly jerkish, you know. It doesn't go too far, I don't think.
0: Yeah, like I'm I'm still okay with him being like the protagonist, like I still I still want to follow him. Like I I want to see him do more cracking, I guess. <laughs> um but i i i thought as far as the first chapter of this went like i this is this is what a first chapter of a manga should be like a good sort of one-off story that leaves things open for a continuation
1: yeah and i think uh the second chapter is kind of more the first we got like him using uh, the blaze thing again he lights someone else on fire but then the third chapter is taken an interesting dramatic turn with like this app that is called the lemming app that's like you know brainwashing people into like doing these daily tasks and like driving them to commit suicide after a certain number of days so that takes a pretty dark turn with you know a really really you know compelling twist like oh my gosh i want to see where this goes so yeah I think, you know, if we were just had to judge it off a jumpstart run in the first few chapters, you know, at that hook at the end of the third chapter would leave me going, yeah, I want to read more of this. And luckily, since this is going to continue to serialize it, uh, we can. So am going to be very curious to see the direction it will go. The art is really good. I really love the dramatic expressions that the artist does in particular that really sells like, oh, shoot, the severity of this, particularly towards the end of that third chapter, when they're kind of realizing the severity of what's happening to a character who has played this app and is might commit suicide the next day. So
0: mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm really glad that it seems like Viz wants to at least pick up most of Jump's new series now. Again, there are going to be Most. certain things. Sh-
1: yeah, the, there are going to be some exceptions, I'm sure. Like,
0: yeah,
1: series, I'm sure, still they're not going to touch.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're going to be picking up more stuff and that they're going to be doing less previews because there, there have been certain jumpstarts where it's just kind of like, man, I really want to read more of this. I really hope it gets picked up. I'm hoping we'll run into less of that this time around. Now that they actually, now that they have room to do more stuff, which. You know, on a side note, I'm glad they picked up Act Age because, man, I really I really need to start reading through more of that because that was something I really wanted to keep reading of when they originally brought it out.
1: Yeah, I read through all the chapters they have available and it was very compelling. I was really, really satisfied by like, you know, where the Jumpstart run at, ran, ended off was like in the, this cliffhanger of like this middle of like this acting gig K was doing. So I got to read through the, through the end of that thanks to, you know, them publishing chapters four to six. And yeah, you know, it leaves off on a really interesting note of Kay, like kind of realizing, oh man, there are sides to myself that I don't even know about that I can be capable of. And that's like a really, well, kind of eerie, but also really compelling scene. Like, whoa, there's like, deep darkness because the way she puts it is that i never knew i could be such a terrible person so it's like she's fascinated by that idea so i really really like kind of how weird Kay's thinking is and like how she chooses to look at things so that's really exciting to me and then the newer chapters are a little harder to follow just because it's focusing on this new character who they haven't gotten to where he's introduced in what viz has translated so far uh, in terms of backlog. So hopefully they fill the gap so we can kind of piece together and, you know, read through it literally. But, you know, even though I don't know the full context of what's going on in the new chapters, like just reading it and reading, like, kind of like the deep pathos and psychology of these characters is really intriguing and fascinating. So yeah, I I love reading more of Actage and more of Jujuju Gaisen too. I don't know if you checked out any more of that, but, you know, I really enjoyed uh everything that they've published of that too, like the chapters four to six and the two newest chapters. Like they introduced the female protagonist, Nobora, who I think is a lot of fun and really great character, and I'm I'm really happy that there seems to be a lot of kick-ass female characters in the series, which uh makes me really happy since, you know, some Shonen Jump series haven't been doing such a great job at that. So that's also really cool.
0: Yeah, see, I I remember I wasn't too I wasn't too jazzed about Jujutsu Kaisen when that was originally a jumpstart. Like like I said, I didn't think it was bad, but it, I didn't feel like I needed more. But like, I've seen people get really into it lately.
1: Yeah, the translator Stephen Koza recently joined Twitter and has been really hyping it up and really excited about it and... I'm really glad because I think that it is a really exciting new series. I can see why it's, you know, I feel validated and vindicated because when back when we reviewed those, ju- that jumpstart round where Jujutsu Kaisen came out, I was like, you know, I think Jujutsu Kaisen is the one here with the most legs. <laughs> Actually, remember, I I totally called that no, it I would be the one that would be the most likely to see that had the most potential and was the kind of the best put together. And yeah, all these months later, here we are. And I think I've been validated because the story has become extremely good, and it, people seem to be really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I've been enjoying reading it. Like it has great art. It's got a great atmosphere and really enjoyable characters. So yeah. I'm glad that I can continue to follow this series now. And I'm hoping that the backlog for both Jujutsu Katsun and Act Age gets, you know, filled in at a relatively good pace. Because I really just want to read more about.
0: <sighs> Me- meanwhile, I'm sitting here mourning the loss of what could have been with Noah's Notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Noah's Notes is definitely unfortunate, especially since I really enjoy that artist's work. But, you know, hopefully we'll see another work from them at some point.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we should probably get back to Neolation. Um I don't know if I have really have much more to say other than I think it's I think it's a really interesting idea and a really interesting premise like I kind of like I like the idea of a shonen manga about a hacker. I I think I don't think I've seen that. I mean, I'm sure there are manga like that out there, but it's the first time I've seen that kind of thing tackled in manga before. So I'm I'm definitely going to keep reading more of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope he has other gimmicks besides lighting things on fire because or at least like he has more like crazy ways of lighting people on fire, because in the first two chapters, it's kind of like, oh, I overheat your device. So you light on fire. So hopefully there's like, you know, they take it up to the next level even beyond that. But even outside of that, though, I think that like the story concepts they introduced with that third chapter with this app is really interesting, so I'm really interested to see you know where that's going to go, and hopefully they just come up with more interesting stories like that in terms of like these really dark ideas that are all related to like how people engage with technology and how that cat exerts so much control over their lives.
0: Um, but I think we can move on to the last of this round of uh cyber pubs from from Jump with Hell's Warden Higuma or Hell Warden Higuma.
1: Yep. By Natsuki Hokami, which is kind of a very apt title, so it's basically about this guy Higama who has been tasked with sending demons that have escaped from hell back to hell, and so his family comes from a long line of these kind of wardens of hell. Who have these special powers granted to them by King Emma. They serve King Emma. And so there's like about 400 or so spirits that escape from hell. Yeah. Like 400, 4,000. Something like that. And so you know, they just have to hunt them down and send them back to hell. Like, uh, And their strength is all determined by like how many years they've been, you know, sent to hell basically. Like weaker guys have only been sent to hell for like maybe 20 years. But then there's this guy they fight at the end of the first chapter who was sent to hell for 190 years like that's the term they're supposed to serve in hell so I'm sure like the power escalation will just continue to increase from there we'll probably get to a point where uh, they fight someone who was sent to hell or condemned to hell for like a million years by the end of the series but yeah the first chapter was pretty nice because uh, you know introduced Higuma you know a pretty good way I think that what really worked about it was just the female character Azea and like the personal story with her like how her brother was taken over by this demon and like kind of was very controlling of her family put a demon in her to make her like steal and kind of keep her trapped under guilt and stuff and then you know how it ends that uh higuma helps her you know save his her brother's soul by you know exorcising the demon and sending him back to hell so that was good and then the second chapter also has a good note about you know dealing with the aftermath of this about how her brother is you know he's aware of all the things he's done when he was possessed and he's like kind of putting himself down and because he thinks he still has like blood on his hands and stuff and the chapter ends on this good note where it kind of explains to powers a little more that you know he takes the powers of the people the demons like he uh has purged and sent back to hell he takes their hands and so uh the hands are like embodiments of sin and life and also like the philosophy behind it is that to quote when people inflict harm on others when people steal they do so with their hands but with a swing of a sword hell's wardens cut away those evil acts and so by putting the hands to work as zaiju which are you know his personal powerful hand things you know they force the hands to atone So basically he cuts off the hands of like the fugitive spirits. And when he does so, he also cuts off the sins that they commit. So basically what the point is, he has kind of like cleansed uh, her brother, like his brother's hands are clean. And that's kind of like the message he wants to get across is that he is absolving them of the sins that uh, they've committed by like forcing them to atone, you know, by using them to capture other spirits So, you know, his brother shouldn't feel like trapped by his guilt and stuff, Mm -hmm. because the reason why he's fighting is to help people, you know, to help make these, force these spirits to atone and then help people to, you know, be able to atone and like forgive themselves for their sins. So I think that was a cool note. I think that was a really nice note to end the chapter off on. And yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, it's got a nice, enduring little philosophy behind it. And I enjoy the characters. I particularly like Asai. Uh, and, you know, she's at the end of the first chapter. Enma's like, oh, that girl could be used. Let's make her a hell warden, too. So, you know, that'll be interesting. Hopefully she gets, she gets powers and stuff. So,
0: yeah. See, I was I was wondering what you would think about this one in particular, because I know you I know sometimes you can get kind of burnt out on like supernatural type stuff
1: yeah i mean it's such a wary overplayed genre in terms of the shonen manga like we get new shonen jump series that are focused on oh here's this character from hell this devil or this you know servant of enma who are fighting demons or whatever you know we get those like every year like (laughs) there was taku unbatsu all those years ago there was all sorts of series
0: demon prince poro
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, I think what makes this one work for me is that it has this, not only is the art really good, I really like the character designs, and I think that, you know, it sells kind of, like, the creepiness of the demons, and also the action scenes are really nice and fun to follow, Uh, but, oh, and, you know, dramatic moments when characters are, like, really feeling despondent or, like, frightened, you know, there's really great energy conveyed in the drawings that sell the emotions, but... I also think that the writing of the characters is good, but also the themes behind it is good. Like, I don't... I think I kind of... I feel like I bungled the philosophy a little bit because I was kind of trying to rush through it but you know I do think it's a really nice idea that you know he's cutting off the hands which you know symbolize the sins of people he's putting them to work in order to you know work off their debts work off their sins and you know then be able to be forgiven you know earn their forgiveness and stuff so I think that is a really interesting philosophy I think that's it's kind of like an optimistic series it's not like oh we're condemning you to hell to punish you it's not just i mean i'm a lot of these demons are pretty scummy so but it's not just that like he's also kind of helping redeem themselves by using them for good
0: Mm -hmm. no i see what you're saying i I
1: like that aspect of it i think it has like a good philosophy behind
0: it yeah um i don't really have much else to add i i I just I just thought it was interesting. Um I think out of the three new jump series that have premiered recently, this one is probably the one I'm like the least interested in comparatively. Um again, that's not to say I think it's like bad or anything. I just think I just think stuff like Chainsaw Man and Neolation are probably ones I if if I were to choose, like I probably look forward to reading the most out of the three from here on in. Especially like like I really I, I think Chainsaw Man is probably my favorite one though.
1: Yeah, Chainsaw Man is definitely my favorite. I actually might like Hell's Warden just a tiny bit more than the elation. I don't know. I read both of them just this morning, so they're both fresh in my mind. But I like both equally. I I like all three of these latest jumpstarts pretty well. So, yeah, I'm glad that Riz is continuing to serialize all three of them. Because, you know, no matter how long they run, I do want to read more of them uh, and see where they go
0: yeah that's the thing, like I think this is a pretty good round of of new jump series. like I actually want to read all three of them. so that's good anyway. Um, but yeah, we'll uh we'll leave links in the show notes for where where you can read these series and whatnot. so definitely. but I think it's time for community shout outs.
1: That's right. So, related to the Shonja Vault and all the new cool Simon Publish series, one series that we did not talk about yet is Kametsu no Yaiba, that's being currently Simon published now at long last, as people have long awaited it for. But, of course, trying to jump into it with such a gap of chapters, there's like over a hundred chapter gap, it's kind of hard to follow. I don't completely understand what's going on other than the fact that hey actually this is related v lord come in here because my community shout out is your review of komitsu no yaiba chapter 139 oh, okay. you know i really enjoyed your review when you sent it to me for editing and then you published it later on all com. Uh, i'm really excited that you'll be reviewing the series v lord ...because I know you've been extremely passionate about it... ...and I'm glad you'll be able to review it... ...and like kind of dig into its themes and its plot... ...because, you know, I'm trying... ...I'm just going to still be keeping reading it, of course... ...because, you know, I'm excited to read it... ...but, you know, of course it's like in this big final arc and stuff... ...but now you are here... ...to kind of tell people in your reviews... ...like, here's the context... ...here's what's so great about it... ...and why this series is so awesome... ...so, great job on your review... ...I hope you continue to write more reviews... And, yeah, uh, read Demon Slayer, and then read Vlor's reviews on allthatscommon.com. Yeah, I'll keep doing them, and I'm glad that the series is finally getting samulpugged. Even though it's probably really confusing for new readers, because there's a bunch of characters that haven't been introduced yet in the Viz release. hmm But luckily, you can probably explain some of that to the uninitiated in your reviews. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> it probably would just be better to catch up. Yeah, well, that might be a while yet, because who knows how Wiz will go about filling in the gap. Maybe they'll wait for the volumes just to come out before they add in those chapters, or who knows. But I mean, hey, the arguably one of the best arcs is going to be released on January 1st, so go buy that. Commits an O-Yiba Volume 4. Yeah. So, there we go. That's uh my community shout out for this week. I don't believe that you have any community shout outs, Colton, but hey, Vilor, do you have a community shout out that you wanna recommend? Um, crap, I can not think of one on the top of my head um uh Maxi Bernard's a new friendship effort victory episode on hoop uh Hoop Men is very good. It is very good, yeah, enjoyed I enjoyed hearing about that
0: it it is pretty good, yeah.
1: But we recommend to Maxi before on the show, so try to come up with someone else, too. <laughs> Damn, that's tough.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything.
0: Okay, uh, well, no, that's okay. I mean, if, if VLOR doesn't have anything, like, I pretty much kind of had mine, like, my community shout-out is pretty much Jeff. I just want to give a big shout-out to him, because he's been incredibly helpful with everyone trying to use the Shonen Jump app over this past, over the its first week of launch, so.
1: yeah. Check out Jeff on Twitter. Give him a follow because he's a really helpful guy and really knowledgeable guy. Then you'll be able to get the latest updates on the Shonen Jump app and all the goings-on by following him on Twitter. You'll also learn a lot about gacha games, too. And he also hosts a ton of podcasts like Podidgis and Don't Go It Alone or Nihon Go It Alone. And, yeah, so check out all his podcasts, too, and check out everything definitely Jeff-related.
0: Yeah, tell tell him the manga mavericks sent you. I'm I'm sure he'll get a, he'll get a kick out of that. But I think that's about it for the show. That is indeed the end
1: of our first show of 2019, and so we have a lot of exciting podcasts coming out for you this year. Uh, we also have a lot of things to look forward to as we look forward into the future 2019. But we still are looking back into the past a little bit, of course because we will have our best manga of 2018 podcast out soon. And also, we will have our Manga Mavericks annual survey out that you can go vote on uh, by the time you're listening to this. You can go get, leave us some responses on like what you enjoyed most about the show this year, what were your favorite episodes... Like kind of how you engage with the show. Also, a new feature we added to the poll this year is that you can choose series that you really want us to cover on the show this year. We have a lot of different series that we have up on our survey this year that we, you know, want to try out reading. We want to hear feedback from you guys, the listeners, on what we should cover on the show this year. So go ahead and give those votes. We have like different sections for different kinds of series. So we can have a diverse amount of series we can cover on the show. Like we have a section for Shonen Sunday and so Shonen Magazine series. You have a section for Shojo series, section for miscellaneous and discussion topics. So go ahead and choose uh what you would you would like to see us cover on the show this year, because we would be interested in hearing your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, we we've mentioned on the show at some point that uh we want to it's going to be hard thanks to show to jump now but uh <laughs> you know, we we want to try to cover you know, a, a bit more than just and Jump this year, since we we kind of covered mostly Jump all throughout 2018, with it being the 50th of anniversary of the magazine. So, we do want to make an effort to try to step outside our comfort zone a little bit in terms of what we cover on the podcast. So, uh, let us know what you want us to cover. We'll definitely leave a link to the survey in the show notes for this episode, hopefully.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think about that wraps up this episode. So you can find me on Twitter at LomRamiyasha and at various places under the name Ramiasha, including Animation Revelation and Annie List. And you can read my reviews on all-counter.com with this new Shonen Jump section. I'll try to be reviewing a few more series out of there. I'll, of course, try to be reviewing a few more manga regularly as well. So look forward to that.
0: All right. And as for me, I'm Colton. You can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. I also host a few other podcasts, such as Life Lessons, the Gintama manga cast. Uh, Basically, if you're a fan of Gintama and you want to hear my thoughts on Viz's old release of the Gintama manga, you can go listen to that, Uh, though it's on a hiatus at the moment. We still have a huge backlog of episodes over at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. You can also listen to One Podcast Prevails at onepodcastprevails.com. It's a show I record with a friend of the show, Doctor, from the Ask Backwards anime podcast, uh, if you're a fan of Detective Conan, Case Closed, whatever you want to call it, go listen to that show. I really enjoy recording it. We just released a, a couple of episodes uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, so definitely go listen if you're a fan of Conan. Again, that's at com. But as for the podcast and all comic, uh, you can listen to every episode of Manga Mavericks first over at all comic.com, as well as listen to our podcast on Spotify that is available on Spotify now over at Spotify.com. Uh, but you can also follow us on Facebook.com slash All comic or on Twitter.com slash All comic underscore. Uh, but if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, you want to follow us on Twitter at Manga underscore Mavericks or at Manga com for all the latest updates on the podcast. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash Mavericks for excerpts from our podcast, such as new news pieces any uh discussions we have on the show um I don't think we've been uploading too many things on the YouTube recently I know I I've, I've actually gotten questions about that
1: Yeah I need to get back on that but uh hopefully by the time you listen to this stuff has been uploaded and it's coming out so you can still look forward to stuff coming to our YouTube channel soon and also you can uh follow us on or join our Manga Mavericks Discord and uh interact with us there
0: There you go we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well um But if you want to email us anything, you know, uh, what do you think about these latest new jump series on the show to jump app? What what do you think about some of the news pieces we have covered on this episode? Uh, Email us anything about uh, the podcast uh, or anything manga related over at manga mavericks at gmail.com. And we'll read them on the show. But the most important thing guys is that you subscribe, rate and review us on Apple podcast or iTunes, whatever they call it nowadays. I don't know. Um, basically that really helps the visibility of our show and basically just helps our show grow in general so please go do those things if you so wish Um, but that's going to be about it for this episode Uh, this has been episode 72 of the podcast and we will see you guys next time for episode 73 bye guys sayonara